Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is another day at Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith is something that you develop in, you grow in. It needs to be fed, it needs to be exercised, and that's why um, uh, we want to have a, a, just an ongoing means of ministering to and feeding faith here at Faith School. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, and come on into the classroom by faith. Just where, wherever your mind is, your spirit's connected to that. So come on in here and give this your full attention. And let's ask the Lord for exactly what we need today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for all of the partners that uh, enable this. We speak blessing and increase over their lives. We thank you for everyone that you have and are drawing to this. You know everyone's need and everyone's desire. And show us our part of faith and laying hold and receiving and resisting the enemy so that you may do your desire in our lives in its entirety. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Look with me in the great textbook of our Bible in Matthew 9 again where we saw in the healing of the woman with the issue, verse 22, Jesus told her, he said, your faith has made you whole. And what we saw is even though some people will try to say healings and miracles have been done away with and they're not for this time. And of course, that's, there are so many instances of people that have been healed that just discounts that right and left. But has faith been done away with? Certainly not. And if her faith would make her whole, then somebody else's faith could make them whole. Said out loud, my faith, my faith will, make me whole. will make me whole. And so how does faith come? Does anybody remember? It comes by hearing. Faith for healing comes by hearing about healing. Hearing about God's word and will concerning healing. And there are some 20 or so uh, individual cases that you see recorded of healing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we've begun a couple of weeks ago taking these one by one. And we looked at the first one, which is the healing of the leper. And we saw a great truth there where he said, I know you can heal me if you will. And Jesus immediately said, I will be clean. And he was. And so we've gone on now today uh, and this week or other to the second healing in our study. And that's the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke record it. So let's go back and remind ourselves again. Matthew 8 verse 14 is the first one here. Matthew 8, 14, it says, When Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with demons. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, 
which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. These healings of Peter's mother-in-law and then of these many, many who were healed that same day, uh, Jesus uh, referred to these scriptures in Isaiah 53. And that same passage says he, he bore our uh, transgressions. He paid the price for our sins. And so here Jesus is referring to the part of it that said he took our weaknesses and bore our sicknesses as well. Jesus' redemption that he wrought at the scourging post at the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection, it redeemed us completely. He didn't go to the cross just in spirit. He went to the whipping post and he endured the mock trial and the crown of thorns and the cross itself. He went spirit and soul and body, didn't he? And he obtained redemption for us, spirit and soul and body. Hallelujah. Is there freedom and healing and restoration and peace in Christ for the mind, for the emotions and the solical part of your being? Absolutely. We know there's forgiveness and cleansing for the, the spirit and the inner man. We know there's righteousness for the inner man. Is there also healing and strength and, and restoration for the body? Many have not believed it, but here it is right in the scriptures. Himself, Jesus, not only bore uh, the price for our transgressions, he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. If you quote the rest of Isaiah, he carried our pains and by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe he took the chastisement of your peace. And if you believe he took the, uh, the punishment for your transgression, why not believe the rest of the, the chapter? That he also took your weaknesses and he bore your sicknesses and he carried your pains. I want you to say it out loud. I believe the Bible. I believe the, Bible. I believe the scriptures. I believe Jesus, Jesus himself, himself took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. And by his stripes, I am healed. Ooh, hallelujah. You, oh, it'd do you a world of good to just say that another hundred times today. By his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. By his stripes, I am healed. By the chastisement of his peace, I have peace. By him paying the sacrifice of my sin, I have righteousness. Amen. And by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you, does your spirit like saying that? Yes. By, his stripes, by his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not by something I have to do. Or it's something he did. He's already done. By his stripes, I am healed. That's accepting and believing what the Word says, and it's an act of faith in that if you don't feel and look healed, 
You're calling those things that be not as though they were. You're agreeing with the word of God and you're speaking words of faith. One more time, say it out loud. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Praise God. Why, why keep saying it over and over like that, Brother Keith? Because it's true whether you believe it or not. But it won't benefit you unless you believe it. Tell me how faith comes. Come on, tell me how. It comes by hearing. When you're saying it, you're also hearing it. And so it's not just you trying to make it true. It's true whether you believe it or not. It's a matter of convincing yourself of you being absolutely fully persuaded, completely convinced that this is past tense accomplishment with present tense results. He did it. I have it. Hallelujah. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Praise God. And see, he said that in connection. We know it's physical healing, literal physical healing, because Peter's mother-in-law had a fever in her physical body, and all these people had physical problems as well as other problems, and that's when he quotes this scripture. Look with me in Mark, the first chapter. Read Mark's account of this same healing. Mark 1 and 29 He said, forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. And Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. And anon they tell him, they tell Jesus about her, Peter's mother-in-law. And he, Jesus, came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her. And she was able to get up and minister to them just that quick. Can things change quickly? Oh my. We read in the beginning there about the woman with the issue of blood. She had been sick and endured all kind of procedures and operations and spent all her money she had for 12 years. 12 years. And then in a moment, the power of God fixed that inside her. And she was whole and healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This woman has had this problem for a while. And just like that. She's not getting over it. She's over it. She's able to fully function normally. Uh, The Bible talks about the woman that had the spirit of infirmity. Was bent over. You know almost double you could say. 18 years. Everybody say 18 years. So she, she couldn't even straighten up for 18 years. And Jesus touched her and said, you're loosed from your infirmity. Just like that, she straightens up. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> Don't let the enemy feed you lies and tell you you can't be helped. Or things can't be fixed. Or it can't be any better. Those are lies. All things are possible with our God and all things are possible to him or her that believes. It is possible. 
even though you may have endured something for a long time. It's possible to be healed so quickly and so completely that it seems like it was a bad dream that happened to somebody else. It's just, it doesn't affect you anymore. It's not a part of your life anymore. It's not too good to be true. It's possible. Not for everybody, but only for believers. It's possible. It says after that, and even when the sun did set, they brought to him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with demons. And all the city was gathered together at the door and he healed many that were sick of different diseases and cast out demons and suffered not the demons to speak because they knew him. Many people healed and delivered. Go to Luke now, the fourth chapter and verse 38. He arose out of the synagogue, Jesus did, and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. We saw Dr. Luke gives a little more description. She's not just running a few degrees of temperature. She's uh, delirious with fever. She's in a bad way. And um, the Amplified says she was suffering in the grip of a burning fever. Mark 1.30 in the Amplified says, had for some time been lying sick with a fever. The Weast says, had been afflicted for some time with a chronic fever, a severe one. So she is not in a position to help herself. Uh, nothing is said about her faith in this situation because she, uh, indication is she's not even conscious or aware enough to do anything. Thank God for family and friends that'll pray for you and have faith for you if you are incapacitated. That doesn't have to be the end. And so the Bible said they, this is uh, um, Peter and, and, and James and John, and those guys, I guess it was it mentions four in that first uh, writing that were there and probably some other people in the house. They besought Jesus for her. They'd just come from a meeting and they come in here and she's maybe in the back room or whatever, out of it with this fever in a bad way, close to death perhaps. And they said, Lord, would you minister to her? Lord, she, she needs help. Would you please minister to her? Is our God a merciful God? Yes. He tells us pray one for another, yes. right? That you may be healed. Well, why would he tell you to do that if he didn't want to get involved? If he didn't want to help? Right? And especially if somebody like this, as they're out of it and they're not able to help themselves, um, you, you can come before the Lord on, his, on their behalf and ask for mercy, ask for grace, ask for help. They said, Lord, would you, uh, would you minister to her? And there's no big discussion. There's no uh, talking about if it's God's will or we don't know or if the timing's right or anything. He just goes straight to the bed. Hallelujah. Has he changed? Is he the same Jesus today? Huh? He just went straight to the bed. He stood over her and rebuked the fever. He stood over her. If you take Matthew's account, it says he touched her. He touched her hand. Well, if you add Mark's account, you know he didn't just touch her hand. He got a hold of her hand. And he helped pull her up. Well, she's not able to get up. She's 
delirious or very weak or whatever. But at the same time, he touches her hand. And again, this is in response to what? Her family and friends asking Jesus to help her, asking for mercy and help. In response to that, uh, he, he reaches over, touches her, takes her hand, and, and speaks to the fever. Now this is revelation. This is where mind renewal needs to come in. He rebuked the fever. He rebuked, say it out loud, he rebuked the fever. He rebuked the fever. Say it again, he rebuked what? He rebuked the fever. I know some years ago I was reading that. And uh, I hadn't noticed it that way before, but I, I, I saw it said he rebuked the fever. And I thought, now hold on, hold on, hold on. He's not praying. This is not prayer. We need to distinguish these things. See, see, there are times when people are praying when they should be saying. Hmm? They're asking when they should be demanding. Class, are you listening? Not demanding of God. He's not talking to God. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. Right? He's not saying anything to her. He's not telling her to do anything. He's not asking for anything of her. Indications are she's not able to do much of anything. What's he talking to? Who's he talking to? Huh? Mr. Fever. <laughs> right? And I read that and I thought, now hold on, hold on. Jesus is not praying. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not talking to the father. He did pray. He prayed all the time, but he's not praying now. He's talking to the fever. My next question is, can a fever hear? See, do most people think like this? Huh? Do most people, if they said, man, so-and-so, or my child, my child's got a high fever. Uh, do most people, if you said, did you talk to it? <laughs> do most people think that way? Do they say, good, I talked to it. <laughs> but this is actually sad. That's how far most Christians are removed from the Bible. They're living their life must the way unbelievers live their life. They think too much like unbelievers. Somebody said, well, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Exactly. And we're going to see this as, as, as we go on, but he's doing this as a man, showing us how to do it. We see that not only did he do this, but the 12 did this. And an additional 70 besides the 12 did this. And apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists did it in the early days of the church in the book of Acts that were not part of the 12 or the 70. And the scripture tells us to do the same thing. Now, if that sounds strange to you, new to you, then you better keep coming back to faith school because we, we need to get this fixed. We need to get this settled. But if we, our minds renewed, 
and we're following in the steps of the master, then a fever or whatever else, one of the first things we should think, did you talk to it? Did you speak to it? Did you speak to it? Jesus spoke to the wind and waves, and they obeyed. He spoke to trees, didn't he? He spoke to the dead. (laughs) Is that right? He spoke to fevers. Fevers. And so the question came to me, can a fever hear? Can a fever hear? Because most people don't think that way. And I read the rest of the verse. Huh? He rebuked the fever. And the rest of the phrase said what? Are you reading verse 39? Verse 39. And it left her. I said, yep, yep. Fevers can hear. Huh? Because he told it to leave. And what did it do? It left her. And we know it left her because immediately she got up and she's okay. She no longer has the fever. And apparently whatever was causing the fever and causing the problem is fixed or else it would have come right back on her. So the way he did it was not prayer, but rather an authoritative faith command. And we need to camp on this because this is not an isolated instance. This is how it happened almost every time. Now that's a big statement, isn't it? Almost every time in these accounts, that's how it happened. I'm going to read this. I've got, you know, these 20 here in a row on my notes. And and I'm going to read to you statements that Jesus made in each one of these. With the nobleman's son, he said, go your way. Your son lives. With the man at the pool, he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. We just got through seeing this from Peter's mother-in-law. He rebuked the fever. Well, what did he say? It tells us what he did, but we know he said something. What did he say? He rebuked the fever, so we know he addressed the fever. Not God, not Peter's mother-in-law. So what did he tell the fever? We know it left, so that's in response to what he told it. Hmm? And he didn't say it in an inquiring way. He didn't say, fever, would you please go? Would you like to go? He rebuked it, right? Now, here's another great revelation. There is no way this fever and sickness could have been of God or from God or God's will or else Jesus would never have rebuked it. Are you with me, class? There is no way because Jesus said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. Hmm? Everything Jesus did, he said, I do always those things that please him. If, if this fever or the disease, the sickness, whatever was causing the fever, had been from God or of God, or any way, shape, form, or fashion, God's will or plan, no way would Jesus have rebuked it. He would have asked the Father 
to please remove it or, or whatever. He didn't. He treats it like an enemy. Can you see this? Right? He, he gives it no respect. And he, he speaks to it harshly. He rebukes it. So what did he say? He came in there. He took her hand. He said, fever, leave her. Get out of here. And it did. I said, and it did. Just like that. Her temperature goes, whoop. <laughs> and just like that, she's feeling all better. She raises up, looks at him and says, oh, Jesus, you hungry? <laughs> uh, just this quick. Oh, child of God, have we been putting up with things that we didn't have to? Have we been tolerating things that we could have demanded to stop or demanded to leave? Somebody says, yeah, but Brother Keith, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. I've already said something about this once. Are you paying attention this time? Jesus said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. We understand Jesus is not operating as God here. He emptied himself, the scripture said. He laid aside his mighty weight and glory and power and became like other men. That's why he had to be anointed. Remember when he was 30 years old? He's baptized in the river. The Spirit of God came on him. If you're operating as the anointer, you don't need to be anointed. But the anointing came on him and he's operating and functioning as a man. What's he doing? He's showing us how to do it. I've had sometimes people ask me, well, so you're just, you're just trying to act just like Jesus. I said, yeah, I thought that was the idea. You got a better example to follow? He is the example to follow. Ever what he did with fever and disease is what you should be doing what I should be doing. And when it comes up, we should not just sit back and go, well, I wish there was something we could do about it, or begging God, please God, please God, please God. We need to learn to act like the master and speak against these ungodly, against the plan and will of God things. What did he do? What did he do? He rebuked the fever. Don't you like the sound of that? Amen. Huh? <laughs> Didn't say this fever may be from God. It may be to teach us something. You know, Lord, help me to bear my cross. It's not your cross. It's an ungodly fever. Commanded to get out of your house. Commanded to get out of your body. Said, rebuke it and say, fever, leave. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And what did it do? It left her. It left her. Didn't the Bible tell us in James, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's exactly what happened here. And we're out of time again. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got the Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today. 
But you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.